Episode 35 of LOI Weekly is here and we are celebrating Cork City having won the title finally uh, last night, did the job um, against Derry City, what an achievement it was for them and it's Johnny Ward here with Daniel McDonald and we've a very special St. Patrick's Athletic Teams duo beside us in Brian Kerr and Johnny McDonald and as ever we're in association with Air Sport and Independent.ie on Podcast Republic Stitcher. Uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, and we have Snapchat going. We're at LY Weekly on Twitter. Uh, very welcome to Brian for the second time this season, and Johnny McDonald for the third time. Is it Johnny? Definitely true. Um, Cork City. I've just seen this in the way down, and obviously a lot of people have spoken about it. Considering the mismanagement to put the club more or less out of existence, the fans taking over the club. The crowds they've had this season, the way they dominated the league from start to finish, uh, they got into the second cup final in a row, did you know reasonably well in Europe. What's not to like about this season? I think you've said it all there, Johnny and Fairness. Look, you know, they had a magnificent start to the season, you know, the first two tours of the season, they wouldn't stop one. And, you know, they got over the line last night, basically that's what they done, you know, watched the game last night. It wasn't the best game in the world, but look, but being in that position where you just want to get over the line, get the victory and be a great relief to the club, the fans, the players, and especially to John Caulfield and the staff. I, I think the fact that they have won the league convincingly enough when you look at the points total compared to Dundalk says a huge amount for them. Because with Dundalk winning the last three titles and having the advantage of that success behind them, the success in Europe last year, which meant that they had the far superior income than the rest of the teams. Um, although they lost the players in the off-season, it still meant that the dog had the resources to maintain that success. And you see that in several countries. I mean, you, you see the maintenance of the, the power and success in Spain repeatedly with Real Madrid and Barcelona, only Atletico really challenging them. Uh, but you, you, we've seen it in smaller countries around you. You used to see it with, with, with Bran at one stage in, um, in, in Norway, and they would have won the league for years and years in a row. And you kind of used to go, is anyone ever going to challenge them? We also see it in some of the smaller other countries around Europe where one team is getting all the money. You see it with Celtic now. One team is taking all the money in from the European successes and allows them to buy a better quality of player. It allows them to s snatch the best players off their competitors. And... Uh, we have never really had that dominance here in Ireland, but it looked like Dundalk were going to get to that stage. And that's why I would be praising Cork for getting off the start they had this season, getting away, as Johnny said, the first two thirds, was it 21 wins and a draw from 22, yes. or was it 20 wins and a draw? I mean, it's 64 points out of 66. Well, that's 21 so, yeah, wins and a draw out of 22 games. Now that was sensational stuff. I have not seen that in my lifetime where one team dominated. And interestingly, when you talk about them stuttering over the line, I agree with you, last three matches with three draws, two defeats before that. Um, my stats make it eight, eight, eight points from the last nine games. Sorry, nine points from the last eight games. Only five goals in the last nine games. That's my unofficial figures. Right Sounds now, now <laughs> usually right. If that if if that's the case, and they have still are on seventy three now, they could end up with seventy nine if they won the last two games. They're on seventy three from thirty one games, so they're 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 averaging two and a uh, half again nearly. Yeah, two point four, two point five, two two point four would be seventy two, two point four. So they're almost averaging two point four points per game over the season. That's good. That's the dogs. The dogs point winning total have I think been around seventy seven, seventy eight, around that figure. Mm -hmm. Even one maybe one season around that. So even though they've had this fairly poor section of games at the end where the results are actually I go two three four that's not me counting it's they won two they drew three and they lost four of the last uh, nine games two three four that's quite poor they've been so good in those first two parts of the season so I think we should celebrate that that we're not getting that dominance of one team um, winning the league again and everybody else scratching around saying how are we ever going to match them? I think it's been really good that 
we, you know, we've never had that. We've had periods where it looked like shells were going to dominate, or bows were going to dominate. There's even been periods where pads looked like they were going to dominate. But it's, we've had rovers back in the Jim McLaughlin days when we managed to break that up. But uh, where they had the, the whatever it was, five in a row or four in a row. Whatever. But there's always someone's come along and broke that. Now, We've, we've broken the Dundalk one, someone has broken it. I think that's very good. I don't think Dundalk, I don't think Cork will win three, four, five in a row. But are we in danger of having the dominance you speak of in a different way just with two teams? So we're looking at the league table, 73.66 goal difference, Dundalk plus 48, Cork plus 45. I think the next goal difference is Derion plus 12. They're in the cup final for the third year in a row. They fill the top two places for the last four seasons when you consider this one is over. That we're not having the one team domination, but we're having a, a two team one. Do you yeah. see you know, Kieran Sadier goes there in the summer, Dylan Connolly goes there, you speak about the drain of players. Now maybe it's good that there's a rivalry between the two of them. But, but it's up to the likes of Rovers and Derry as well to, to hang on to them and you know, Rovers you know, lost twelve matches of the season, I think so far. They need to hang on to the coattails and they need to try and add the next best players they can do, whether they're from here or whether they go abroad or whether they talk about the new young players coming through. But they need to hang on to the coattails and reach that gap. And find a way. And yeah. the way is not necessarily find the best players that are in the league. Because that was, I remember when I was a young manager starting in the league, <laughs> Johnny Boy, you remember, I remember the dominance at that time with Sean Grover's and Milltown and then the, just the change was coming. Milltown they went to Talk Park this season. And it was it at that period it was Sherlock Rovers and it was Bowes and there was a little bit of Dundalk as well. Now there and I'm starting as a manager of a club that hadn't done anything for But then you got me then I saw some very average players and molded those players into some sort but I remember worrying about that, saying, how could we ever bridge the gap? Because they'll sign. I remember the dog, even the first year I was in Pats, and some of our best players, like John Cleary and John Malone, and uh, players like that. And John Cleary went to Dundalk, you know, and I went, God, he's one of the best players, you have to leave and go to that. And Paddy Dillon was a really good player for us, and he went to Australia and left. How are we going to replace Paddy Dillon? But I got in my another crew of players with potential and fellas. Uh, like John and Mick Moody and Paul Masterson and Mark Ennis, Curtis Fleming, young players that I had a hunch about that could do something. Players that had a feeling for that would, would blend and we'd make a team out of it and we'd see how it goes. We'd win a few matches. Didn't start too well, but we got going. Did you know the character well, Brian? Did you know the lad's character well? Yeah, but I wasn't working that out. I didn't, yeah. I didn't have a list on the top of it was character, very good. As a player, hold your out of the paper. You know, I did not. I did. You know, that wasn't the top one. It was, it was the whole picture, the holistic approach. I thought I would have had. He's a good lad. He's a good player. He'll play for me. And we, but I, did, I didn't really know. I was trying to get a blend of positions and players and a uh, bit of experience and so on. But you know, the point I'm making is there might be something that looks uns unsurmountable at the moment, and you're suggesting the two could go Rovers are close. They well, they weren't close in, in terms of points and results this year, but they were close in terms of cup semi-final. It looked like they might make the final until it went to extra time in the replay. Now, after that, Derry City have done, we'd all agree, have done remarkably yeah, well given the whole team. Young team, I saw them down in, in Cork not long after the... the um, the Roy McBride, the funeral at that period, they went through a period of four or five defeats in a row. And you were looking at them, a group of young lads without experience in the team, passing out injured, various other players out. And you're going, God, how they could do with a bit of leadership. And yeah, they've ended up coming back into it and finishing fourth and having a good second half of the season. Yeah, they, could get they could finish yeah. fourth. So, so you're looking at that, you're looking at Bray in the earlier part of this season going, hey, they're having a bit of a go. So, People with a bit of imagination, backing from the board, funding, support, good judgment, good coaching, good staff. You know, and you look at what Bowers have done this year. With I would imagine I don't know what the budgets are, but I would imagine they've won the lowest budgets in the league. And what Keaton Long 
and, and Trevor Crowley have achieved. Where there was disappointment in Bowes last year, how they'd done last season, there was a little bit of, oh, we should have done a lot better. Because expectations the year before. Because they saw it. And this year they've come back, and even though a couple of their key players were out injured for so long, and particularly Akinay, the front man, they've had, they've had a very good, very steady season. So, again, could they move on? So, I wouldn't despair from somebody else coming back into the picture, but I think it's, it, it's very good and it's. There have been two excellent teams at the top. If you look at Dundalk, they didn't win the league because it took them so long to get going. And at that stage, they were kind of ten lengths behind. And they got nine of them back nearly. And they might end up finishing about three or four points behind Cork with the way things are going to go. But Cork have been absolutely awful relative to what they were since McGuire left. And even last night, Dan, um, I thought it was a very, very poor performance against a Derry team that was nowhere near its best. Derry couldn't pass the ball at all, didn't even try to win the game. And Cork, he had players like Delaney at the back, not marking for two, like a couple of corners where Derry had free headers, really should have scored. Nothing to do with Sean McGuire. Couldn't pass the ball, even McCormick didn't play well, Dooley was taken off. And I was looking at that game last night and I was thinking, if Derry nick a, if Derry nick a win here, Cork have every chance of losing their last few games the way they're playing because they're going to play Pats who are in really, really, they're actually in decent form at the moment. And Cork, I, I expect a lot of, I expect three or four of their senior players to go, obviously the rumours with um, Shepherd. Shepherd, maybe Bulger could go to Waterford potentially. Um, obviously, Bennett's getting a bit older, Johnny Dunleavy's working his way back, um, whatever the delaying situation is with regards to next season, I'm not sure. They haven't answered the question with Maguire at all. Up front, Shepherd hasn't scored since like Maguire left, I think. Um, uh, Sadler didn't start last night, Dooley was taken off, and I, I'm not sure what it is now, they, they were very, very close to throwing this away. If Derry had played with any ambition last night, like Derry were very, very poor going forward last night. Very poor, they didn't play anywhere near that. I don't know, last night it's hard to analyse, it was just a bit of a... They just... Uh, they water, uh, yeah, exactly. That, that match game. last night was the walk, was the last three years walk. Do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, I understand. This part of the They got worried, like, they, did, they, they did look like they, it was weighing on them. But I suppose my, my basic but point Johnny, is... The key match I think was, to be fair, in the title race, it was when the dog went down there a couple of weeks ago. And that's when, I'm trying to think what the margin would have been if they... Cork were leading 1-0 and yeah. they would have won the league yeah. that night. They were very they, good. They would have been champions that night. Since since the then, yeah. They've had the, the 2-0 all draws since then. Obviously, the Cork, uh, sorry, the, the, the Bowes match was a good form, difficult game for them. Confidence is not a high. They had a good first half where they made some chances. Bowes dominated the second half. And then they're hanging in a little bit, and then they go to dirty game. Just want to get get across the line, but uh, I wouldn't have seen I wouldn't have seen it seriously bad the way you 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 were kind of saying. You know they hadn't won it last night. They lost the dirty. They were going to pass. They weren't going to do it. Look, you you get to a time of the season where there's a feeling around the place that the job is nearly done. Yeah. And there's a last little bit of it that you know. And sometimes it's a bit delayed. I know in the past, when I was involved a couple of leagues, we won. I kind of was at the stage where I was saying, are we really going to do this? You're worried that you mightn't have them. But you're giving across to the players, are absolutely confident. Inside, you're going, not so quite so sure. But when you, you get to that match, um, when we won in Drada, for instance, in the league, we were just so good on the day. Not in the most beautiful way. And that's what they would have done. Well, I, I just enough last night, that point. I think if they'd needed more than the one last night, they'd have Jesus, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see it because they just, apart from the dog performance since McGuire left, week on week they've been poor. Poor, poor, poor. Okay, poor. But and not functional. But they weren't poor the night to play the dog. Yeah, that's just a part of Yeah, but that, but, that was the game. Game. but that was the real game. That was the game that most mattered most of all yeah, other games. That they didn't lose to the dog that night. Mm. It was the key game. They, they were busy, energetic, around the pitch that night, didn't let Dundalk get involved in the game, didn't let Patrick McElhenney run it, and, and they, they, they were a the better team, and they were rough, and then and then they got a bit nervous later on, Dundalk got a bit uh, caution to the wind, let's have a go, and they conceded right to death. But I thought they were, I wouldn't go with you, that they lost it, that they were dry that night. It was just a different emphasis, the goals weren't happening for them as regularly, from a player's point of view, when I was playing, when you when you win a team like that, say, and you're going on to win the league, you get that group, that togetherness, and you get that kind of belief that no matter what happens, even though it looks on the outside that the wheels are falling off, Johnny, 
within the group, you're still confident and you still have to believe that you're going to do it. Now, I, I'm only giving you my experience from, you know, with, with us, we won two leagues when I think with two matches to go as well. So, some period, the time period is the same. But even within the group, because everyone else, but just one inside, you think back to your best days, what you've done early in the season, how you've done it, you know, how confident you were. And that belief, the only conceded 19 goals, Johnny, mm. in the season. That's, that's like that. Obviously, championship winning stuff. Since Maguire left, their goals, uh, their goals difference is minus three. Well, but still, if in, in nine games, I think. Um, and in fairness, Dan, Kevin O'Connor was a big loss well because they did change the team a bit then, and he's a really good player. Griffin's done well. Right, yeah, I said it to people. I've said, I've said the point before. I mean, if the knocker boss, Darren Morgan and Boyle and Finn midway through last year, you know, how would they have? How would that play out? Today and, and the next couple of weeks are for Cork to celebrate. Not yet, team. not yet. No, no, you have to look, be <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I would say to them, walk away because it's such an achievement. Actually, that's pressure. Pressure. Should they be professional? And it's easy to say, like, well, they're celebrating. But for the other teams, the relegation battle, Kenny Shields alludes to this before the game. So they're, I guess, they're obliged. The they're they're obliged to be professional. We saw Dundalk at pass last year where they were they won the league and they put out a second team. What? Are they obliged to be fresh in the last few games, even though they've not played? Well, if I was, I mean, if you want to go and win the league, and they've won the league, right? Let's finish it off. Let's finish the season out. Be unbeaten in the last two matches. Get as many points as possible. Whatever you know, and that's your your tally. Would you have let them on the beer last night? Well, I definitely would have let them celebrate. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, pressure cooker. The vibe is off. Pressure's off. These lads. Yeah. Are, it, it is worrying though from the other clubs uh, that Cork won't be great. It's Every other club, every club in the league has played Cork three times this year so far, with the exception of Pats and probably who's played Cork in the last match. Bray, it's Bray. It's, yeah. it's a, 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 a match of no great, no, no uh, consequence. Yeah, no great consequence. Now every team that's played, all played each other all through the season. You can't go down in one game now and say, "Oh, well, Pats have an advantage now playing Cork because Cork won the league the other day." Sure, anyone that's played Bowes, Bray, Limerick, or Derry, who don't really have anything to play for and haven't had much to play for, only well, are we going to be fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh? Then uh, that's that's comparable. Mm -hmm. it, it all evens itself out. Cork are the champions coming to Dublin, confident, proud of their record. They were only well at Pats in the last few seasons. Can't remember Pat's getting a point off yeah. Cork in the last few years. I think they beat them and won the League Cup on penalties maybe last season. But I can. So I think that's that's irrelevant. That's I mean you might could look at it and say, oh well, uh, somebody playing. I can see John's point. I don't think it's a valid point yeah. because, for instance, in the last game, Sligo play away to draw it. Who are already going to be last and have been last. So, and 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 so what, what's, they, yeah. what's Pete Mann's approach to that game? Is he looking towards next year and playing some of the youth players, some of the under 19s, and putting them into the team? Has that been Pete's attitude over the last few weeks? I think he's put out the best team. They've scrapped, they've lost matches narrowly, they've had a bit of a go. So, I, my impression is everyone in the league gives their best for every match. I mean, Stephen Kenny in recent weeks has put out teams that you would say, that looked a weak team against Finn Harps. Now I was looking at saying they've got the cup replay coming up on Tuesday night. They're in Finn Harps on a, the cup replay was actually on a Monday night. The match the Harps match was the Tuesday, on, it wasn't after the it was Tuesday, game. sorry. Yeah. And they were in Finn Harps on the Saturday. Saturday yeah. And I'm saying, what team is he gonna put out there? His, he, he's not really thinking he's still gonna win the league, but he needs to win the cup match to get to the final. And I looked at the team he put out and I went, Cheapest that was as near, it was eight or nine of his best were playing, either a couple of other fringy players, and they won the match convincingly. Now, if you ask Stephen, did he put out the best team? He'd say, I put out the best team I could, had a few injuries, I had to keep them back, hoping they might make choose the night, but the lads were ready to go. So that's the attitude of our leagues, the profession. It's not like it's saying that happened years ago in England where teams would put out a good team. For a particular match, when it was a cup weekend. When you when you guys were pants together, was there ever a particular team that you hated playing against? For some reason, your games with them just. I hate playing against Bray. I don't know why. I always hate against playing against Bray. I always hate playing against teams that were below us. I, I personally, I used to find the bigger games, the focus was you know, and I'm not saying my focus would drop off, but I used to hate playing against 
the lower teams in the league. But Bray for me was one of the teams that we always struggled against. Now whether it was because the fellas who were playing that were just you didn't know what way they were going to play. You know, the, the, the different team maybe every week or whatever it was. But for me, Bray used to be a, an UCD as well. Because again, same thing, students you wouldn't know. And you'd say, what way is this fella going to go? Whereas with the top teams, you'd nearly know. And the manager didn't give you any information on the before the match either. <laughs> <laughs> you give too much information. I remember once saying to you, Brian, we're not playing AC Milan here tonight. <laughs> did the atmosphere matter? Like, you know, if you're playing in somewhere like Belfield, like, did it kind of... Uh... Here we go, and you know, playing every game, if you, if you played to the best of your ability in, in every match, you, you would be fine. If you left everything on the pitch, and I think that grows, and the grows were in the group I mentioned it earlier. And you know, the like the, I, I speak about Dundalk, and, and this, especially when I look at Dundalk, and the players drive it, they drive the team as well. So, you know, so when you're on the pitch, you, you, you're, the standards have to be kept. So you can't drop below standards when you're playing UCD or Bray, I'm just saying because I mentioned the two of them, or Athlone at the time when we were maybe playing. You must keep your standards and you have to keep your standards up there. And that's winning the group, the 11 on the pitch and the subs. And um, Brian, you wrote at the weekend about the quality of the football that Ireland are playing in the Irish Independent, and we've been drawn against Denmark. Um, so we've an awful lot to talk about here. Uh, but Dan, first of all, Denmark, Obviously, widely kind of you know recognises one of the better clubs, and we're also at home second. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's disrespectful to them to see that draw come out and be quite happy with it. I mean, it was definitely Italy or Denmark, at that, you know, at that phase of the draw, and I think you'd want to be at home second as much as our away form has been better in this campaign. Um, I think all the playoffs that we've won, with the exception of Iran, I think it's not actually that many. But I mean, home second has worked well. When you've gone away. France, to Turkey, to Belgium for the decider hasn't hasn't gone our way. So I think it's a good result. They were in a group that was not dissimilar to ours. Teams dropped points. Poland won the group. I think Romania were the top seeds in that group. I mean, you know, Wales were our top seeds. Probably possibly but they're fortunate to be in, in, in that type of group rather than having a superstar. So I think you've got a chance. I don't think you're gonna be Terrified by them, but you know it's 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 interesting. Well, they have to, that capability of say like the Germany, if you're playing Germany or something like that, could break it out. Or we could sit off and defend, and we like defending, and we defend deep, and you know we we be organised and so. You know, with the exceptions maybe of Ericsson, I know they've a few players. He's a player. That's what I'm saying. But, but do we have enough quality if we can sit in and play the way we play? I don't think Mark's going to do anything way different. Well, they, well, they also play the way we play. That's the best. Well, well, that's the key. The ambulances parked around the pitch to take the ball away from early in the match. Because they like to ging it. I mean, I think he was one of you know when we played on the nine match Irish team. But I can remember being around. He was here with a couple of different teams yeah. against the in League of Ireland teams in the European games. And I also saw me manage Malmo for a while. I went to watch Hobby against Malmo a few years ago in the European match. Hobby were the Fair first team. Wow. But uh, he, Probably fair ways he, he, he likes to uh, he likes to be a bit for the Bentner. Dave Cornelius, the lad was at. Is Benner still getting on? Benner is still playing, and he's, he's, he's in and out of the team between him and Cornelius. Jorgensen is injured as well, yeah. yeah and then sometimes he plays two of them together up the middle, and Ericsson plays off, and they play it straight. I mean, Martin also, the previous manager, who was there for a long time, he looked, I think, one or two years out, but altogether did it about 15 years. Really good manager, liked him playing ball, always tried to play it through the middle, build it up. And that's been the tradition of Denmark. They've always had. The ability to have skillful players going back, you think they're not going to do it. The Lowe Brown, Simonson, and those sort of players that they, they were always skill merchants, quick. But uh, with all due respect, Ryan, how do you play that sort of football with Ericsson in the team? And how does he fit into it? Because, like, a player of his talent. Well, 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 that, well that's what I'm, I'm thinking. There's obviously a bit of a mix. I haven't watched the match in full, I've watched a few bits of it. But Ericsson has scored in the last six games in a row he scored for him. He's got eight of the goals. He's obviously up there picking up the little bits and pieces and scored. There was an unhappiness about his role in the team. Earlier, earlier in the group, the last two matches, lost to Montenegro at home, nothing. 
beaten till nothing in Poland, and there was a lot of veginess around. Even your mates and the pharaohs were saying, there's a job going on in Denmark, get Johnny up here. Thanks <laughs> to the pharaohs. Yeah. You still in touch with your pharaohs there? Uh, we, we definitely put you there. and Alvar, the physio. Uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, definitely keep in touch. You keep wishing them a bit of luck. And, you know, when they're playing the matches and stuff, and in Europe as well. They're the marvellous one in the group, but they, they keep a close eye on the Danish results, obviously. Yeah. They, it's, it's a funny situation. They they know they're kind of Danish, but they ignore it. I'm kind of fair ways, but their own independence is very important. But they've got nine points in the group. It, was, <laughs> it amazed me, they've got nine, nine points. I mean, the German they were hungry in the first match of the group. They beat that for you, they drew with that for you. And as well as that, what Iceland did, it, it just shows that, you know, a bad population isn't an impediment necessarily, and somehow international football seems to be getting, um, giving the smaller guys a chance at the moment. Yeah, well, there's an influence towards that in UEFA, the trying to, even in this new Nations Cup thing, there seems to be um, an aspect of it that allows the teams from the bottom end of the seedings and the bottom 24 or any... There'll be one from the bottom 16 Yeah, so there's one from the last three groups. Anyway, yeah. so there, there is a... Because obviously there's a votes issue around that. If you're if you're, oh, it's, if you're, if you're involved in the fancy blazer in UEFA, there must be a way of retaining that. Uh, so one of the ways of retaining... It's very cynical, Brian. It's the growth of the I game. Don't know, I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know where I got this from. But somewhere, somehow or another I've seen it develop through the years. People retain power by giving out little bags of Maltesers. It's a phenomenal. It's a grand tear. It's a rattle of a bag there. But, you know, I, I think... Yeah, sorry, so small team. Small, but look, the Iceland stone is just... Keep the, the, the interesting. Go back to Denmark. Well, we'll deal back to Ireland, perhaps. And I think it was an interesting point in your piece last week. I mean, you, you actually referred to your challenge with the Pharaohs and how you had to set up. In, in you sort of knew in certain games you were preparing for every game. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> every, 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 <laughs> we were away to Italy and Florence. And then he's forced match games. Back in Florence, right? It was nil all after him. 14, 14 minutes, and I said to Brian, I said, but I'm doing all right here. He says, I know, but we haven't done Chabal. <laughs> Which brings you out to Ireland against Wales. Like. <laughs> we, we haven't had the kick of the ball yet, but we're doing bad. Thanks for rocking. Good shade, good shade. Pedro in the middle of the pitch with a cigar. <laughs> but I thought the interesting point was, and, and the point about the piece was, it's a, you spoke about this, this need to sometimes to be pragmatic or whatever and accept that, but it's okay for Iceland and Northern Ireland to play to their strengths and win games in whatever way possible, considering the lack of depth in their talent pools, but we are and should be better than that. Now that's obviously your, your conviction. I'm going to say, why should we be better than Iceland well, and Northern Ireland? Well, it, well it's, a per, it's a personal team for me. I don't think, I mean, I have had some of the worst, I've taken over some of the worst teams that was possible in the, at the level they were at when I went in. You know, I've, I've been a lot of punishment in that way in the past. Uh, and, but in doing that, I don't think I've ever put a team out and said, we're going to sit in today and play in the back four and see if we can get a goal of a, a build forward and a goal or, or maybe we get a throw in and score a set piece or off the throw and a flick on. I don't think I ever ever did that when I was a manager. I think I have certainly had teams where I've said the set piece of boy today, we prepare for them, we organise them, if we get a throw, that's what we do, if we get a corner and so on. But that was only part of the game and the build forward was only part of the game as well. I'd like to think that with every team you know, the, the, the managers I worked with or learned from, the coaches I learned from, were all guys who said the first thing is pass it to the fellow, the colour. If we played, you know, I played when I was at Chelsea as a young fella, and, and Jerry Moore, he said, pass it to him, Ed Short, first of all. And he went from there. And when I was with Tui, his, in the dressing room, he didn't say a huge amount, but he always said, give it to a green short and we go on from there. And they were the people that I, I learned from in the game. And I would like to think that that was what I put across the players. Now, equally, I like my teams to be strong, aggressive. I like to have big players in certain positions. But irrespective, even, you know, in the, in the, with the Irish team, I, I hate to think, 
like I tried to think back through the underage teams where people would have thought we were up against it against Spain and Portugal and France and Italy and Germany. And was I going before the match was saying, let's uh, gain it forward and play off the break off the bring No, I was saying, get it into the middle. Can we get it into the middle? Can we get it into Colin Healy? We talk about Cork players. Can we get it into Graham Barry and build it up from there? John O'Shea, can you pass it? Now, if you can't, if it's not on, can you get to the winger? Can you get now? We might be playing over midfield and join up. Um, so this is uh, this is it, to me. Look at the Irish team at the moment. It doesn't seem like there's any intent to want to make the game look like I enjoy watching it. I don't enjoy watching it. I enjoy watching it when Wesley's playing. Uh, why are we depending on Wesley? Why can't? Jeff Hendrick on it. Why can't Robbie Brady go back to the back four the way they do when they're playing for Bournemouth or Harry Arthur playing for Bournemouth or Glenn Whelan when he was playing for Stoker? Now, give us it and I'll start to play and pass it. Is it because we might lose it and we might lose the game? And it's more effective the other way, ginging up on John Walter, John Walter, Shane Long, and we get a result. See, the problem is, Brian, we, 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 we've gotten from fourth seed. We've gotten to the playoffs. The fourth seed team yeah, was a lot of We got Wales in the group. We got Wales as the fourth seed, and, and everyone was cheering about it. Wales, people are like, yeah, well, we've got Wales. They were the fourth seed in the group. And we're all looking at it. We beat Wales handy. No one was looking at those seeds saying, we got a bad draw. Everyone was looking to say, I knew that Serbia. I said it before. When I saw the draw, I said, Serbia win the group. And the other three would be scratching for second yeah. place because I knew about Sarah. But, but I, like, when, when, I, when I was in Cardiff, you know, and everyone was absolutely ecstatic afterwards, and I was kind of walking up the sand, and I was just like, uh, there's a qualification in me here that just did not enjoy that at all. And we did everything not to play football, we did everything, we, we were so anti football, and everyone is celebrating. But I'm going home and I'm like, I don't want to be considered, you know, part of a country where the way to play football is not to play football because we're better than that. But the Georgia game for me summed it up that when we went one nil up, yeah, okay, let's keep it tight for the next five minutes. But we never ventured in. We never went, give it into midfield, and we dominate the game for the next ten minutes. Even at home, Johnny, like we were so poor in that game that we popped to win in that game. But we're just, we're just saying, but we were outplayed technically by George in both games, and we were outplayed by Maldonado technically in that. We probably did. Yeah, because we, we, that's the way we wanted the game home. to be. But, yeah. but for me in the George game, you went one and up yeah, here. Keep it nice and tight. Let's start again. Let's how are we gonna capitalise this? Do we go down the right? Do we play through the middle? Do we go through set pieces? Let's try another goal. There was you know, for me that was the game there was no kind of enterprise, there was no kind of let's have another goal here. It was just we'd sit back and we just there was no kind of plan B to a certain extent. And People can say it doesn't matter we got the result. But Fine. Is it isn't just the case in point you've been in the job. Like is there just a culture of results around the senior team that, that is that is king. That is God. The king is it's a result. You, 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 you made a point in your piece last week. Yeah, of course it is. Absolutely. You you spoke about the conflict and maybe I should have played a different way in Israel and referring to a time, you know, after all managers lose job because of their results and I mean, that I mean, was a sort of an honest thing to say, that you maybe have thought about that. I mean, is that something Of course have, I did. You, of course I've done. I, you know, I look at other teams and, and, and say, should I have done it like that? Should I have played it like that? Should I have more, put more centre-halves in the middle of the pitch when we're winning the Norton in Israel instead of us still trying to play? You know, I, of course I've thought about that and the consequences of it. But you have to be true to yourself and what you believe in. And I believe that if people pay 60, 70, 80 quid into a match, into an international match, if they pay 15 quid into a League of Ireland match, they should be entertained. The majority of people don't go to League of Ireland matches. No. Okay, matches. But, but there is a... Well, well, we're here talking about League of Ireland yeah. and we're talking, we have an audience of... of not, not, I don't know how many this programme has, but there's 50,000 people are, are approximately go to League of Ireland matches every week. Now, if they if if the fifteen quid they're paying in, there is no entertainment, and it's just people gaining the ball, and the kids that are going to those games are told this is how it's played. I don't think that's right. If you if you're paying 60, 70, 80 quid into an international match, there should be entertainment. It shouldn't be just about we're all in together and we're having a beer and we cheer and shout no matter how it is. That's the point you made. You're coming away from the game going, there was something not quite right about that. Everyone around me was celebrating like we'd won the World Cup. In fact, 
the match and our contribution to the match was all about heart and ginging and tackling and covering and chasing back. But we did nothing with the ball. We had one opportunity, one shot, one great goal. But if that was only one match in the group, but it's not, it's nearly every match. Genuinely, we could discuss it all day, but time is unfortunately rolling on a bit, so we're going to have to move on to, I would say, like happier matters, lads, but I'm not sure if Pats is happier, sort of classifies as happier matters at the moment because we've got two rounds of games to go. You know, I feel so like saying, you know, you're, you're a gold Pats man, but you sort of are really in terms of it's a club you've a lot of, it, of affection for. Um, how do you see this playing out? Two games to go, our pants well, going to stay I up. think having a bit of affection for it would be mild. <laughs> 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 it's going to be polite. Do you see them scared? You can spawn on the command and you're a couple of times. Daniel, I've got scars. I've been spotted on the Mac side probably for 50 years, actually. Yeah. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a <coughs> difficult season. Um, I haven't known anything like it. For, for, for a good few years, he says modestly, since before I was the manager myself, right? <laughs> but um, I, I do remember a, 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 one year in the past where they were threatened with allegation. We were playing for Home Farm at the time, and I was assistant manager, and there was four teams going down to create the first division at the time. Parallel here. And Pats were, in, Pats were in trouble getting towards the end, but it was also a year where you could sign players, there was no limit on the transfer um, window, and you could sign players quite late, and Pats did sign a couple of players quite late, uh, got a couple of lads on loan from Millwall, do you remember this? And with the Beatles and Talca Park, too, and we were safe in mid-table with an amateur team at Home Farm at the time, Mikael uh, was an absolutely brilliant manager, great guy, and uh, we, we, home farm stayed up safely and Pats went to the last match with Drogheda at home in Inchicore, needing a draw to stay up and they, they got the draw. I think they might have even won the match. It was Sunday night, place was packed. Early 80 stuff I'm talking about. So, the parallel there to some degree. It's, you know, it's not been a good season. I think recruitment this year didn't work out for Liam. He's been very good. On his signing of players and identification of players that would fit into the way he has wanted the team to play over the last years, last few years has been outstanding. The brand of football he's played when winning the league, winning the cup, winning the league cup the last couple of years, even though the league form wasn't wasn't very good, has been really really excellent. But this season and the, I think the the players he signed for the last two years. Haven't really haven't done well for them. They've lost too many of the core group that were outstanding. The whole midfield when they were when the team when they won those trophies. Um, even Killian Brand, who's back there now, but you know when Forrester was at his best when Bulger was running the show in the middle of the field when um, when you know when Christie was sparking so well. Coming on, they were just a really strong team. Kenny Brown went. They've um, the, the players haven't been in the squad, and they tried to go for a youthful game this year, I think, from early in the season. And those players weren't good enough to get the results or points or goals from the earliest part of the season. And to be absolutely fair to the to the owner of the club, he's invested heavily to try and rescue the situation. I definitely think they have to win the two games. They, 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 may, they might have to win the two games. It, 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 it depends so much on the other results. It depends how Galway do in, in Limerick. Uh, it's a big game and then Galway at home. But if you can walk, you know, they, they, they don't have control. They will, will end up going to the last match, I would think. Needing a win or a draw. But that might not be even enough if they don't get anything from the court. You, you, you're, you're, sorry, Dad, you were questioning the players he brought in. In fairness, the players he brought in in sort of desperation, Garvin and Brennan and Balak at the back, they've done very well. I oh, was at the game on Friday, and in fairness, Garvin and Brennan have brought so much maturity and control of the ball to midfield. But the one thing that really struck me about the game, and I've been saying this for a while, is how off the pace Christy Fagan is. He was, he was like a shadow of the player he was. And that's something that Pats have really struggled with this season because whenever they bring on Curtis Bourne, I think actually they're a much better side. And it's sad to see whatever it is for Christie this season 
certainly on, on games like Friday night, he's, he's nowhere near. Well, whether, whether Christie's legs are gone or not, we don't know. But if you're inside the club, and they, they will know the answer. Well, they've got 18 points from the last 10 games. I'm going to your point. They've got 18 points from the last 10 games, but they only got 17 from the first 21, right? Which is disastrous. Now, now that was the fact they've got the 18 in that, and I have felt it since they signed those other players. They look like a team that can get points in every match or any match, whether it's the dark or cold. Not until they signed those players did I feel that. In the early part, the early part of the season, I looked at them, so they had no chance against the teams. Uh, against Cork, Dundalk, only the rivalry with Rovers helped them to win the match. And in fact, the Rovers and Player put off in the first 11. They were really struggling there. That first five See, most of the season, that, that's ending off. Yeah, well, well they said in the early part, yeah. they won the match and they beat Bowers as well. Oh, they won the season. They were two weeks ago. Yeah. They conceded the Bowers. The Rovers the the and Bowers victories in, 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 after yeah, yeah. that was huge for, yeah. possibly even huge for Buckley at times. It's under human pressure. But that still didn't lead to any continuous run of form. The only run of form is they won the four games, they draw one out of five, then they lost two again, they lost the, the six nothing and the balls won six nothing with the dog, did the player put off in each match. Yeah. The goalkeeper obviously in the in the, in the, the dark game, six nothing. That damage lost the cup game to go with. But in fairness, looking at the team, as you said, they look like they the capability to win any match against any team in the league at the moment, because they've got a bit of strength and resilience at the back. They have a bit of Bit of class around the middle of the field. Not quite got the dash up front. And Christie, as you said, he's still a danger. He's not scoring the goals, but they have enough possession that they're making lots and lots of chances. So they, it's possible they can win the two I'm hopeful. We're really go. hopeful. We're really hopeful that it's really, really hopeful, but I'm very, very nervous. Let, let's move from beyond hope to nerves to like predictions, which will actually test all of those things because we should crack on to our predictions for, for Friday's games. We're going to start with Pats against Cork, I think, given we're on the, we're on the, on the topic. Johnny Mack, give us your, your call. In, in real circumstances, of the circumstances where the way you were, Cork winning the league this week, I think Pats will definitely get a draw from this. this definitely, Only yeah, a draw, definitely, definitely a draw. Brian? It's so desperate. I think they have to get a win. I'm going to go for them to win, although they've no form against Cork. The last few seasons, but I just have to go for Pats to get a win. Yeah, well, I, I think I, I think they're going to get. Well, I mean, he's got he's got the likes of Bennett and some of the older players. He's you know you're not going to play them for a third game of the week. It's just not not going to happen. You're not going to play free. Well, I'm not worried about play free. I'm not worried about about Cork and the match. I'm talking about Pats supporters where they turn out in numbers that they understand how critical this is. And many will turn up, do you think? Well, it was actually a very decent crowd at the Limerick match. It was, I think it was around 1,700 at the Limerick match, given that Limerick, on a Saturday afternoon, time. a 5 o'clock kick-off, the matches that weekend were like a state secret. We had an international match the night before against Moldova in the stadium, the Viva Stadium, and the matches in the League of Ireland Saturday didn't get a mention. There was a, a stuff on the, the board, on the big... The, the, Billboard. The, the billboard thing in the corner ground and it, it paid due respect to everyone that should have got due respect on the night that was in it. But it never came up with a notice saying the League of Ireland fixes for tomorrow are Wes Hulan got a standing ovation, right? Coming off the pitch. And I went, yeah, but with all these people who are respecting him, sorry, Sean Boyer coming off the pitch got a standing And I said at the time, these people are giving him a stand up vision because they've loved what he's done in the League of Ireland. It's delight, they're delighted to get the League of Ireland. How many of them will go to a League of Ireland game tomorrow? I'd say very few of them. Now, there was not those matches like a state secret that, that weekend, they thought, in the League of Ireland games. But there was a very good crowd, I thought, for Richmond Park, given the 5 o'clock Saturday, the lack of publicity. People responded, they knew it was a pressure match. This is a pressure match. Cork will bring a decent crowd, given the league's been wrapped up to be in celebratory mood still. Now, I think it'll be a, a very good crowd, but it's up to Pats, the people around Pats, the players to respond and do their stuff. I, I, I fancy Pats out of the way here. I think, I think, I don't think Fagan will start actually. He was so poor. I think they'll start with Curtis Byrne, they're a better side with him. 
Billy Denny's playing quite well. They're better side with him at the moment. Yeah. I think Billy Denny's playing well. Colin Byrne is and the, just the midfield is really working well. So you're going for a moment. It's my banker of the week. Holman. And okay. um, I think that the yeah, absolute banker. Holman, right. Bray Shamrock Rovers are probably not This was the course of the Twitter spat, North Korea and uh, oh, God, uh, Rovers yeah. and Bray uh, Twitter feeds. Yeah, Ray wonders. I, I wonder. Yeah. I think. I think. Yeah, where's their winter, winter going to go? That could be another another discussion point. I, I think. I think it's it's uh, it's going to be difficult for for either team to get particularly motivated. I think Bray Bray are Bray play well in the dock. Actually, I, I fancy Bray. Bray, the lads, what do you think? Well, I think I go for Rovers. Well, Bray, Shamrock Rovers bring out the best in Bray, don't they? They have them in recent years. They've been a very awkward team for them. Uh, Rovers are in a situation having got knocked out of the cup. Uh, it was a big blow to them, and now they've already wrapped up the third place. So you wonder what their what, what their incentive would be to to to, to do it out Bray. So, but I think they're better players than Bray. I go for Rovers as well. Maybe mm-hmm. go for a draw. I suppose they haven't technically wrapped up the third if they can overtake them, but they've got Europe, which really that's everything. I think it's there's ten grand difference between third and fourth, and there's two hundred grand difference between fourth and fifth. If you take Europe into it, so that's like a, it's, it's a sort of a, an interesting one in the the modern league of Ireland. Uh, well, uh, but that would be that. across Europe. Oh, it would be. You know, fair. It's not. It's not just the league of Ireland prize. It would be fair. It's it's your wee for additional out. That's. If you're if you're in the club, you're lucky. If you're just outside, you know. Different story. You, you, you get the crumbs off the table. Do we? I guess we we go to uh, Dundalk and Bowes next, huh? Yeah, I, I meant again. Did you have a prediction for Oak? Oh, I'll go for. I'll just go for a draw on that day. Right. Just to be just be different. There's no reason why. Um, Dundalk against Bowes. I'd probably fancy Dundalk to win the game. I think. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think Bowes are still without keep Ward. I think. I think. Well, they might have a suspension as well, so then he's probably going to leave. I think for the winter, the way things are, yeah. the way things are going. Dundalk yeah. still will be players playing for the place in the cup final. That's the other thing. Yeah. Squad. And they, they actually are rotating the team. The last home game. Yeah. Why, why would you break the momentum? Keep it going. Yeah. Keep, let's keep, keep, the keep lads it going. Yeah. The lads who did well in the, in, in the last couple of games and played, you know, the way that rotation has been going on. Are we all at home winning? I'm going with Dundalk anyway. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's a huge thing. Dundalk players are going to be massively motivated in that cup final because they're like, just what we were saying here, you were beaten in every game season against Cork, they beat you. I, I, I think it's going to be a strong season for Dundalk. Uh, Limerick against Galway, then. Oh, this is a tough one because Limerick are starting to play okay. And Galway need to win this game. Limerick aren't technically safe, so they have a motivation. They're Get definitely them. not safe. No. If they lose this, as Brian mentioned in Soccer Public, they're back into the mix. No, if they lose this, and I said Patson's. Well, no, actually. The way yeah, things work yeah. out, the way things usually work out, my experience would be not all the teams underneath you would get enough points to go yeah. ahead. Yeah. 41, sorry, 39 is, is quite a decent points total. The others, the fact that they're, they're, they're five ahead and four, five ahead of Galway, four ahead of Pats and, and Sligo, I, I think it would be enough for them. But, but uh, whether they themselves feel absolutely safe, probably not. Mm-hmm. I think the manager, I didn't think they played well at all against Pats and they got a 2-2 draw. It's just the magic of, of Bennett and his contribution to the two goals. The first great first goal set up on the second goal. How good is our actually, Mike? Well, you know, I've what, probably seen him four times, five times this season, seen him coming on bits and caught it last year. I, he looks like a player of great potential, has a bit of personality about him. As if, as if, imagine the world used to use that word a lot. I'm, I'm using it in a different sense. <laughs> but um, everybody wants pace in the attacking positions. And... Uh, and the energy, and he's got a bit of strength as well. I think there's a lot of potential. It's going to be a, going to be a problem for us to defend him. I, I'm going to, I yeah. think Galway have the incentive, and they Galway have been playing well. And what I've seen of Galway, they've been playing well. Playing really well, yeah, yeah, we're, we're still in admirer. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I'm going to I'm going to go for a hopeful because what would my Galway connection hopefully way win? Couldn't be confident. Maybe Galway. Actually, it was a quick one, very quick. I'll definitely go with Galway. Oh no, we're all going for Galway. I go with Galway. Finn Harps for all that. Let's just keep this as brief as. Finn Harps. Finn Harps. Finn Harps. Finn Harps. Let's sit it off and then Sligo Rovers Derry. This will be a huge crowd, Dan. 
Now, admittedly, Derry don't have great, but like Sligo will love this Northwest Derby. Uh, they've really put it together for Jerry Little. And Vinnie Farrity, in fairness to Vinnie, Vinnie doesn't, he doesn't have the pace to do much in open play, but he's getting on the end of headers and he's scoring goals. So Derry are good at the defensive moment. I'm going to go home win, though, because I don't think Derry are too well. Sligo lose here. Like, and Pat's going to get a win. 28, that goal. I just done the table. We have full time. We have the table. I've done the table. That's the final league table. The video printer I've done the table with a week to go. It's the same as it is this week, but only one match left. So. Limerick of 39, Pats 38, Sligo 38, Galway 37, and Finn Harps 33 with a game to go. And in that Sligo last game is trotted away, which people in Sligo inform me, they've always found rather difficult. And Pats are away to Derry, Limerick are away to Rovers, Galway are home to Dundalk. The one thing for Sligo this week as well, they're playing on Saturday as opposed to Friday. So let's say those results happen that you've predicted. So Pats win and Galway win and all of a sudden you're watching those results. So no, 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 matter, no matter what way they go, slowly go in position same what we could be. This yeah. is, we could be well out of it if we get our win. Everything here is about how motivated Derry are. Yeah, we should say. You know, Listen, I think that there's some good predictions. We have loads of questions for Brian. I think we're time is against us. We'll just go quickly. Well, we, we had there was a bit of artwork done with a picture of Brian like styled up as a godfather. We haven't got your one up just yet. Right, 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 right. One of the godfathers sort of assistants. Tony Soprano behind Sort of killed off towards the end of it. You know, but not quite. Well, well, yeah. But um, who was just a couple of questions, Brian? I'm sorry, Jack, to put in that we're not going to get through them all. Very simple one, but maybe a very difficult one. Who's the best League of Ireland player you ever saw? I don't believe him now. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I couldn't point to you, Johnny. Just close the, the best there, League Johnny. of Ireland player I ever managed was Eddie Gormley. The best League of Ireland player I ever saw once I understood the game well. Was, was Pat Bourne in his glory days at Chamber Clovers? That's a, that's a good answer. Uh, a couple of other questions. I'm glad you think that's a good answer. I'm giving you a youth because you wouldn't have seen an awful lot I of wouldn't Pat have seen Pat Bourne just not all. But I've heard it's, it's amazing how many people, I've never speaking to Pat Fandom and people before, the people of that era who are just coming on to the scene. He is the player that keeps coming back. Liam Coyle was one of the best players I ever What a player, yeah. And Jackie James, they're the two centre forwards, so I just throw that one in. Sorry, Dan. Uh, one another question here. As an ex League of Ireland manager, um, who was a better striker? Or if you had a situation where you could play one up front, Sean Maguire, Dan Crow, Jason Byrne? I'm going to throw this to both of you. you know, Great so question. You have a. You wouldn't have marked Sean Maguire, you wouldn't have marked the other two. Yeah, um, I think Jason, Jason was more mobile than. Then Crowley, Crowley's a little bit stronger, but better hold him. But Jason, all around, I would have said Jason. What about Maguire? He's done it over a couple of years. Jason's done it over so many years. I haven't, like, I, I like Maguire because he can come short, he can go long. He's a bit like, he's probably Jason with the player of Cardiff. Oh, look at Jason Warren wouldn't have been good enough to do Maguire's done a pressing. Well, he, he scored the last couple of weeks, haven't he? He's, he set up a goal the weekend. He's playing very well. He's trying to force an answer on me, Jason. Jason was probably part-time, yeah. wasn't he? He was now doing 20, He went off to Cardiff then. He didn't do a lot of Cardiff playing. So, uh, Jason, many caps and Jason get a couple of caps. One cap. Shani's going to... probably... Uh, the, the, the way the game is, Shani's probably better all, all, all around player. But the two, really, between the other two, would say Jason. Brian? Well, Glenn was the only one that... That I, I walked with because he played for us in Malaysia at the World Cup on the 20th He was a much improved player as the time went on that he was at Wolves uh, at that stage. Um, he, his League of Ireland career and, and Jason, they were outstanding for such a long time, as Johnny said. Uh, whereas Johnny, I wouldn't put him into that class because he's only one, it was a one, one and a half season wonder, I'd say, really, you know. Fair point. But, Longevity, or after some years in England, you might say Sean was on. But I think we're talking about players that have played in the League of Ireland for.
for for a good length of time. Um, I think I would I would go for either one or the other. I think yeah. they were a pair played together as a pair. Because we had, I think we actually had a question. I'm not sure who it was from about actually Glenn Crow and your time as Ireland manager. Because I know you capped Jason. Was Glenn ever close? Now I know you had Robbie and you had a lot of options at that time. But was Glenn ever on your radar when he was? Sort of prolific in that era. I know you moved to Shadows yeah, probably around the time you were Ireland manager. No, I had Jason in it. I had Jason's squad. He played, he got two caps. We did this joke when he was in 97 lads together that there was 102 caps between them. I don't forget got 100. <laughs> so Glenn, Glenn got two. He got one, I think. Yeah. Greece, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. John Gibbons picked him in the friendly, in November friendly in Greece, and then draw. And he, I brought him on in Bidigosh. I think it was another nil nil against Poland away. So, you know, I was well aware of Glenn, but we probably had a, a bit yeah. more at that time. I mean, we were still short of a main man centre forward. And the, the gap, I think, between the League of Ireland and the international team was bigger then. The players are in better shape. Uh, more, there's more intensity about the training and, and so on. I would say the players are closer. The top teams, the players are closer than they were then, I would think. And uh, so we didn't... He was in my picture all the time. I went to loads and loads of matches, but I had to, I had maybe six or seven options of fellas that were either in the Premier League or the Championship. Yeah, and that's fair enough. Um, the last question was from Larkin Carey, and just because you were a bit left out, Johnny, would he ever go back to Pats? Just a yes or no answer to both of you. Of course I would. Four, 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 uh, I go back every second week. <laughs> every time I go to McDowell's, you're dreaming with Billy Baxter in the corner. Billy Baxter, Billy this morning. But look, at, you know, I, 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 I go back. I wouldn't go back as, as, as the manager. Um, but I go back every week in my head when they're playing. I'm worried about it. I'm concerned about it. And uh, I look, look, Pat's gave me a break. I, I was a nobody coach. I'd managed teams in League of Ireland B. I'd been assistant with Mick at Home Farm, but I was nobody. And Pats gave me a go when I was a young fella. They would never play the match in the League of Ireland. They offered me the job two years previously, and I didn't take it because I was loving what we were doing at Home Farm with Mick at the time. And I said, no, I, I, I'm loving this role I have with mm -hmm. Mick as assistant and coach, and I had a bit of, you got to get on with, with the training and so on. And then they come back the second time, and I said, look, you may never get offered a job as a manager in your own right in the league, and given that you've no reputation, you never played one game in the league, you go to the, to, to the match, and people wonder who the hell you are, and they say, well, if you take it, the Pats people will say, who's your man? Except for the fellas that went to school with me in St. Michael's in Chicago. I remember my first game, walking down the touchline, we played Galway at home. You stayed um, didn't you? Just, just for Johnny. We did beat him. We beat him one up and John Cleary scored. But I remember fellas leaving. Was Frank Allen playing that day? No, but they got my team. Fellas leaning over the little fence down in Chicago. Fellas leaning over saying, How are you doing again? I never thought I'd see you here because my name on the register in school was, Den was Dennis Kerr. And I used to be known as Dunnick in school, you see. So, fellas that were in my class in school 20 years previously. There you are. I said, We never thought we'd see you here. Pat's gave me a chance, he gave me an opportunity, much as say Mick Wallace gave Shane Keegan the chance and he's gone in goal and he's gone. It's hard to get Aaron the chance unless you're a great player. Just to say, just to say would you go back, I think, and I'm just because it's this weekend, I've only mentioned earlier, I'll go back there, but you have to help, absolutely, to try and help the club. And I think anyone that's associated with Pats over the next two weeks should get down and help them out. Yeah, and um, we're going to end with my favourite Billy Baxter story. He was on Anna Libya with the late George Byrne a few years ago and uh, they were discussing Wales Charles and Billy was like, well, you know, he's a bit like, uh, sometimes he defends like John Charles, but other times he won't defend like Ray Charles. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I actually love seeing you with him in McDowell's before the games. I've seen well, you a couple of times. See we you. Had, You're uh, normally on the orange. We had um, a half an hour chat today. I was driving and... Uh, I, 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 three, I Billy had, Billy had, and I missed a call in the last couple of days. I was with, and the, the range of people we went through in that conversation. <laughs> we went back to Galway matches of Paul Jones and Frank Wardington and Liam Pitcher playing against us 
for Galway one day in Inchicore and uh, oh, yeah, Frank Ward was for Galway. Well, I haven't had a moment. I actually was thinking that. That was we, episode we, 35. Um, we, yeah. we laughed. Well, you come on the call with uh, Billy, would you? Oh yeah, should be. Yeah. Should you be here for an hour an hour an hour? Do we, can we um can, longer than today? Can we get through with the smoking ban for the hour and just give them We used to love them on we used to hide them. No doubt the story he's told the story of the day he left the smoking smoke. No, I have to tell on the We were on the we were playing the three hours. Billy was the physiotherapist and he was smoking on the bench. Brian was running up and down the technical area at the time, which probably was half the track and had it scrolls. So uh, he called Billy on, the ref called Billy on, to, uh, it was probably just saying it was me, I got an injury on. So Billy had left his cigarette, as you would do, I'm trying to give you a picture here on the way. The, the light part sticking out over the old yeah, bench. Yeah. And Brian was going, he's all right, Jess. And Brian was the point of looking for a pair of cheaters. <laughs> so you know what happened then? He's been getting the toes up. Brian had all the sand at the bench. Sand pebble. And there was a yell. And there was a pair of liver There was a big hole going to Brian's new cheaters. Actually, the video. It was the last time Billy ever smoked on the bench. I think Brian was doing it. Something in the smoke was on the bench. That's better than my side. That would I have 35. Thanks to Johnny McDonald and Brian Kerr, and uh, we'll be back for episode 26 next week. Thank you for listening.